What are you living for? The Sadducees try to trap Jesus with their question, the question that we just heard in this gospel. They propose to him a situation based on what was called the Leveret Law. The Leveret Law stated that if a man died childless, his brother was to marry his wife and raise up descendants. And so they proposed this case where all seven brothers die and the wife is still childless. Now, they're not interested in a real answer. As I said, they were looking to trap him. Remember, the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. And so they're sad, you see. That is a really bad joke. (laughs) A really bad joke for an early Sunday morning. But I bet some of you are going to tell it later. The extended pause was meant to elicit more laughter. (laughs) Jesus explains to the Sadducees that they are thinking only in human terms. Eternal life is not the same as earthly life. In eternal life, we will not die. Therefore, Jesus explains that there's no need for marriage in eternity. We are, Jesus says, in eternity like the angels. Note, by the way, we don't become angels. It's kind of an error that I hear oftentimes. Somebody will die and you uh, will hear them say, well, heaven gained another angel. That's not true. When we die, we don't become angels, right? Angels are a distinct being, right? Pure spirit. We remain human. We become like the angels, Jesus said, but we don't become angels. And Jesus tells them that God is a God of the living. Or else in the book of Exodus, he would not have called himself the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, even though dead to this world, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are alive in God's presence. This gospel then challenges us to think more deeply about eternal life. And it prompts us to ask the question, what am I living for? As Christians, we're called to live with an eternal perspective. Too many Christians are so immersed in this world that they forget about their eternal destiny, that God desires them to live eternal life with him. The devil's trap is to make us believe that we can and should be completely happy in this life. The truth is, complete happiness will only be an eternal life with the Lord. Jesus never promised perfect happiness in this life. So what does living with an eternal perspective do for us? Well, I thought of five blessings that come from living with an eternal perspective. Now, obviously, there are many, many, many more than five. I just didn't want my preaching to go on eternally this morning. See, I'm filled with all these little jokes this morning, you know. Blessing number one, it focuses us more on giving and less on accumulating. 
How many people do you know, how many of us make the goal of our lives accumulating as much as possible, as much wealth as possible, as many material things as possible? When we are solely focused on accumulating, we forget that when we die, we don't take anything with us. Focusing on accumulating means that we are focused on trying to achieve perfect happiness in this life. On the contrary, when we live with an eternal perspective, we focus more on giving. Giving of ourselves, sharing our time, our talent, our treasures, helping other people, emptying ourselves, modeling ourselves on the life of Christ. Blessing number two of living with an eternal perspective, it increases hope and decreases sorrow and despair. You know, grief is very real. Nothing is more painful in this life than losing someone we love. A couple of weeks ago, I celebrated a funeral mass for a wonderful young man, 22 years old, uh, who died very suddenly from a pre-existing heart condition. He graduated from LaSalle Academy when I was there. Great, great kid. We can't prepare for that. Nothing like that. We can't prepare for anything like that that shakes our world. Thankfully, his family has that eternal perspective. So as Christians, we grieve, of course. We're sorrowful. But we always grieve in hope. So that's what makes Christians distinct, is we grieve in hope. We don't grieve as if there's no hope, as if there's no afterlife. And so when we live with an eternal perspective, we still have sorrow, yes, but we can have hope at the same time. Blessing number three from living with an eternal perspective, it puts things in perspective. As my mom always said, this too shall pass, right? God is working things out in eternity for us here. Our problems don't last forever, even though sometimes we feel like they will. And when we live with an eternal perspective, we can say definitively that this too shall pass, that eventually everything will be well. Blessing number four, it increases in us the urgency to evangelize. You know, when we live with an eternal perspective, we understand that we are destined to live eternal life with the Lord, not the opposite. He does not want us to be separated from him from all eternity, although that is an option. But we desire to bring people along with us to eternal life, right? When we realize that we're called to live eternally with the Lord, we desire to share the gospel with others more deeply. We want to reach out to others, say, look, Jesus wants you to live with him for all eternity. You don't want to be separated from the Lord for all eternity. You don't want that. God doesn't want that. So come, come to know the Lord. Blessing number five of living with an eternal perspective is that it puts our focus on growing in friendship with Jesus. When we have a deep realization that we are meant to spend eternity with the Lord, it makes us to desire to grow in our friendship with him now, now. As one of my seminary professors used to say, the reason we pray now is so that when we die, we, are, we won't be surprised, right? We don't want to look the Lord in the face when we die and say, Goodness, I didn't really get to know you very well. 
So we desire to, to grow in our friendship with Jesus now so that when we are judged, when we go before him, we can look him in the eyes and say, my friend, my friend. My brothers and sisters, we are destined to live eternally with the Lord. And so we should live with an eternal perspective now, each and every day of our lives. And so that question again, what are you living for?